<laughs> Do you guys want to change this and just make it a sour? Because I know you love them so much. No, no, no. <laughs> I, 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 like, I do like them. I love the 12% imperial style with coffee and maple. And, oh, that's We've just good. been talking for 40 minutes. We're not going to just change that. <laughs> okay. Maybe next year. Although Henry was the first person to take us to Sour Jesus. Nice, nice. Cheers. Tap Takeover Podcast, episode 30, recorded October 17th. All right, welcome back to the Tap Takeover Podcast, and this is a fun day for us. We contacted Henry about a couple weeks ago and asked him to help us out with um, a collaboration beer or something that we can do for a one-year anniversary that's coming up in January. Henry's idea was, hey, we can actually do the whole process of the crowdsourcing. So we can show you behind the curtain so you can see how everything is actually done. Because right now everybody thinks Mobcraft crowdsourcing, but what is that really? So, Henry, do you want to just kind of tell people what we're going to go through this process? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, when you got a hold of me, it was like, oh, this is a great idea. Since we've interviewed with you guys eight months ago or so, You've obviously gone and interviewed a billion other awesome breweries and have made uh, quite the name for yourselves. So when you said, I want to make a beer, I was like, hey, that's what we do. We turn ideas into beer. The whole entire model that we operate in um, operates under that same premise. So I wanted to go through the whole process of how we come up with ideas, how we vet those ideas, and then eventually, once those beers get up for a vote, uh, what we do to go through and brew them. It's, it's really nice to be back at uh, kind of the scene of the crime, you know, of our fourth uh, episode uh, at Mobcraft Brewing here. Henry, it was really it was really fun for you to have sat down with us the first time, uh, you know, talking about your sour barrel aging program and, you know, all the fun beers that you guys do. And it's it's been amazing that you're willing to sit down with us, guys who just really like to drink beer. <laughs> so do I. Create this beer with us. This Great is a lot of fun. Market. <laughs> All right, so I guess where do we where do we start? It's ideas right now, so it's like we want a beer that kind of defines us. Yeah. So right now we we're, we're really into the dark beers, heavy beers. What does that mean for your scheduling, and is that something that's doable? Yeah, well, I think the the first thing that I, I want to talk about is you know, so you you come in with this with an idea. When we're doing our crowdsourced beers, it's that exact same thing. So just it's perfect. You saying we want a dark beer. That's a great spot to start. You don't have to start out with this is my grain build, this is my mash temperature, I want to hit this, you know, original gravity, I want it to finish at this Play-Doh, and you don't have to be that scientific and nerdy. You know that's, what you like. That's why we left Jim ah, at home. Perfect, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so that's a great framework to start with in. But even more than just a dark beer, because there's so much difference in variation, you could have a 2% ABV dark beer. Do you guys want a 2% ABV dark beer? Hey, absolutely not. Okay, all right. Is so we just, want just, the, uh, just water? <laughs> <laughs> That would go against everything we believe in. <laughs> so, muddy water is out. Um, so we're looking something mon- uh, a lot more on the rich, higher ABV side of things. Decent malt backbone. And that's why I'm Probably glad that like I have a- my business partner and uh, head brewer here, Andrew Gierzak, who is like the king of malty AF beers. <laughs> Starting off, it sounds like you guys are leaning more towards porters and stouts right now. I doubt you guys want to do like a Schwartz beer, or like a dark lager or anything like that. You're probably going to want to Yes, and the other part was the time of year. You know, we like these hazy, fresh IPAs, but the timing, mm. we didn't think it was appropriate. Or yep. We wouldn't, I mean, we're not going to be in the mood for that in January, February. Yeah, yeah. yeah you guys are going to want a nice, robust, rich, dark beer to satisfy and slake your winter woes. 
Exactly. Wow, exactly. We're kind of thinking around January, around the time of our very first anniversary, and you know, mm. around the time of our anniversary with our episode with you guys. You know, somewhere in that area would would be, I think, perfect. So we're nice. leaning towards what, like Imperial Porter or a stop. Have yeah. you guys ruled out things like, you know, like strong ales and barley wines? What about um, what about a foreign extra stout? Have you guys ever have you guys had any good examples of foreign extra stout before? No, I'm not familiar. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Foreign extra stout is a specific style of beer. Dogfish Head makes one. Obviously, I think Guinness also makes one as well. But it's basically it's a really really high ABV, really dark, rich, like almost on, along think of along the veins of Russian Imperial Stout, but a little bit on the drier side. Now, Andrew, one thing from my perspective is if we brew this beer, we will also have to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we you mean can't people get... aren't lining up around the blocks to buy for an extra stout? You know, you know. We, so we've done Gee a lot golly of golly gosh. You know, doing these crowdsourced beers, we've realized over the years sometimes you know uh, the beers don't sell as well as some of the other ones. So yeah, I definitely want to keep that in mind that when we pull a beer off, if we're going to brew you know a thirty barrel batch of it, which is the vessel right over there. <laughs> Sorry, cue cameras. Um, so if we're going to brew 30 barrels, that's 900 gallons. You know, we'll be cranking out around 60 half-barrel kegs of it. You know, tap room, that can definitely go through a bunch of it. We want to do either some cans or some bombers, depending on the style that we come up with, um, and then a few places around town. So, so then, as long as the people will want to drink it. Is that, is that another reason you go higher alcohol just in case it does have to sit for a little bit? Yeah, you know, a lot of, I mean, from my home brewing days, like, I would always drink most of the keg, and then it's like, wow, this tastes perfect right now. After three quarters of the keg, is gone. I mean, some of your bigger beers, they need a little bit more of that time to just sit and mature and mellow. Um, so I would I would def- definitely recommend if we are going to settle in that you know eight to twelve percent range that we probably would want that beer to sit and last out on the on the market for a little bit longer. I think that's a really good idea. Yeah, and I, I think we've been kicking around a few ideas. You know, like Hazy said, we were thinking about something in the the hazy New England style, but not quite right for the the time. We've really been pushing the imperial stouts on the podcast. You know, mm-hmm. the the, the the barrel-aged imperial stouts, the you know the the big bold beers that, like you said, can really hold up over time. So let us throw a couple of ideas at you. Some things that we've noticed as we've kind of gone along with our interviews. You know, little tricks that we've seen at other breweries. We were thinking about maybe some some sort of a coffee variant on this. We've in, we've interviewed what was it, Ray's Grain mm-hmm. and Eagle Park, and they both use this this coffee from Hawthorne. It's a bourbon barrel aged. That's coffee. excellent fucking coffee. You've by tried the way. this, okay? Oh, I know about <laughs> yeah. Hawthorne. They make some awesome coffee. So we were thinking, is that even a possibility as far as getting that into this beer? Yeah. I mean, we always love pulling in all sorts of different ends of the collaboration. You know, for instance, we always do a shout out to the cranberry bog we get our cranberries for from our sours. You know, our batch of crazy uses Valentine coffee from over in Tosa. You know, so as many local parties as we could work with to, to make this beer come together, it's awesome. Um, the only thing that I would say about coffee, since our flagship beer is brewed with coffee, the trial and error on different types of coffee and how those taste is pretty immense. Gotcha. Like, Andrew, when we first started doing the serious trials on Batch of Crazy, we tried like three different roasters and probably three or four different actual roasts per to find that blend. Now trials would be a lot easier now with, with the already accumulated knowledge we have from yeah. our existing coffee brand beer it's like yeah i at guess that the point first it's trial we like, running should we trials try light roast really or easy. should we try dark roast <laughs> now yeah. that you know what works best makes sense and it would be very like beer specific too it's like 
if you're using, I mean, in my opinion, if you're using, if you're throwing something, if you're throwing coffee into a beer that's already got a bunch of like dark roasted malt, like a really dark roasty stout, you may want to stay away from heavily, highly roasted coffees, like really dark coffees, just because they that might go overboard with the roasty character. And you might want to stick to more lighter roast characters that have a lot more coffee aromatics stuck with them. No, that's just that's my two cents. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. So we like we like to hint the barrel that, that, that bean lended to the beers we've tried. And mm-hmm. one thing that we were talking about is sort of pulling ideas from all the different breweries we've interviewed yeah. and letting you guys do what you do and just mad scientist the shit out of it, right? Oh, sweet. I like this even better. <laughs> so, one idea that we did have, I don't think you could really source it anywhere this time of year, was Enlightened did uh, the maple sap for From the Roots, mm-hmm. which I thought lent a really excellent mouthfeel to the dark ale that they did. Mm-hmm. I thought that could really lend a nice, creamy, heavy mouthfeel to a porter, a stout as well. Be very kind to that. Yeah, do you know if they used any lactose in that beer at all? I'm not sure. That's something we'd have to ask. Because that milk sugar was that was that maple sugar or just maple, maple sap? sap? They used it was maple, maple sap, sap instead of water. Oh, for the oh yeah. for the mashing. I remember yeah. that now. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, and in lieu of that, because I'm sure maple sap yep. is tough to get this time, this time of year. Of year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. even I don't think you uh, can. Yeah. Unless anybody's uh, <laughs> is anybody out there frozen a couple hundred gallons of maple sap? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone? But, but uh, in lieu of that, possibly sorry. like a maple syrup uh, addition, you know, just to just kind of get that that creamier mouthfeel and uh, that little bit of extra sweetness to go along with the coffee. But uh, you know, again, we're just we're just kind of throwing ideas at yeah, you. Yeah, as the ideas start, you let if us the, know what sticks. Yeah, as the ideas start forming, it's a <laughs> yeah. darker beer. I'm loving all these ideas. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> with like uh, Andrew's like on page four of notes already on his computer. <laughs> I think the idea is really to take this. Heavy beer, have some coffee, but take the edge off with some sweetness of mm-hmm. something. and Like a heavy roast beer, and then like you would add some coffee and a little bit of maple syrup to kind of take the harsh edge off exactly, that, all exactly. that bitterness mm-hmm. and all that roastiness that sometimes you're going to get coffee, with darker beers. Yeah, sometimes that coffee just comes in too, you know, in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That it'd be nice to just take that edge off. Yeah, so we're looking at something that has a whole entire blend. You know, all the flavors kind of meld. We're not looking at it to say, like, hey, here's a coffee punch. Hey, here's a maple syrup punch. You know, we want this to be a beer that's built. Everything's kind of subtle, but they all contribute to the overall complexity and flavor of that beer to make it really well balanced. I I think that's exactly it, yeah. Cool. I like well-balanced beers. Are there any characteristics out of some of the recent stouts of ours that you guys have tried that you really liked? Either the Kaplan's or the anniversary. Uh, you know, beer I really or... like the Kaplan's that uh, that hint of vanilla. I, how how did, exactly did you guys get that? Was it was it laid yeah, over we spent vanilla a ridiculous beans? Ridiculous amount of money on vanilla beans. Wow, yeah. <laughs> it was it was like, huh? Is this like, gold or is this vanilla beans? It's like this big in my hands, and I vanilla only vanilla I was a that. really bad crop year in Madagascar. Well, and, I know uh, the pirates. At, oh, I didn't even know about the pirates, but yeah. I just knew it was a really oh, bad crop year for Madagascar vanilla. There are pirates who go and steal. Vanilla beans from yeah, because it's and sell them on the it's market. really expensive. It's like seven hundred dollars a case. I used to work at a restaurant, and that's what they paid. They paid seven hundred dollars a case for vanilla beans, so they're pretty expensive. Ridiculous. <laughs> and also use vanilla beans. <laughs> how much? How much came in a case? What was the weight? It was like twenty-two pounds. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. It's 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 yeah. up from that wow. because oh, it's definitely up from that. Oh yeah, I think this, I think we got three pounds and school. they were twelve hundred bucks. On the on the Kaplan's. I mean, I write the checks, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds about right. You would know. They're would know. they're uh, an, an expensive little orchid bean flower thing. Because you know they're oh, from orchids, of, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an orchid. I think you're thinking of that combined with the cocoa nibs. Okay. That's what it was. Because right. yeah, that, it's that'd make a little more sense. Yeah. 
So when still you're spitballing expensive. like kind of ideas like this, I mean, you can't just keep on adding, adding. It's like the price. I mean, you're probably thinking right now, how much is this going to cost? Yeah. What gets you the most bang for your buck? I guess where. Well, it's not as much bang for the buck. It's can this marginally increase the value of this beer? You know, can because you could just add everything. You could layer this and this and this and this and this, and the beer's not going to taste any better now that you've put 400 freaking ingredients in it. You know, so I kind of look at it from that perspective, like maple syrup plus vanilla, you know, plus coffee. Like that would be a lot of different ingredients going into it, and could we layer those equally? Absolutely. So and this is, yes, and I mean, always correct because we did a we did a beer called Blood of a Con that was a stout oh, brewed with nice cayenne, one. coffee, cacao nibs, and vanilla, right? So I mean, the four ingredients and those were all incredibly layered. Like every sip of that beer, you got something. You got the nose, and you got the first tip of the tongue, then you got the back of the palate, then you got the like little beer burp, and all those flavors <laughs> tasted different. You could pull out each one of those ingredients. So I mean, that's where your whole, you know, micro side of things and the flavor chemistry comes into play that is way over my head. So uh, how many how many test batches went into that one, the the blood of a con? We had to go through probably five different test batches. The yeah. first one we did, it was the first like five gallon pilot batch that we did was almost it was undrinkable because it was just so bloody spicy. Yeah, and like that's what ended up being the big factor in that was figuring out the right level of pepper and mm-hmm. chili to put in that beer. And turns out it was nowhere near as much as the submitter or we even thought it would be. We ended up using a quarter less than a quarter of what it, the recipe originally called for. Yeah, and that was a really fun beer because the, the guy who submitted it, his name was Drew from down in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and he owns a coffee shop, and the Mayan Mocha coffee is one of his standard items on the menu. So he was like, hey, I make this coffee at my coffee shop. Do you guys want to make this as a beer? And we even used the beans that he uses at his coffee shop to make it. So it was awesome that he had this dialed-in idea of what exactly he wanted it to taste like and you know, could, could get it through. I think the one other addition that we had talked about, too, was um, coconut. That would lend itself well to (laughs) all the other things we brought up. He wants to start right now. We got got Andrew excited over there. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So what do you think about that, coconut? Like something? Oh, yeah. I guess the the question is, with the maple syrup and the coffee, is the coconut going to add enough, like you were saying, to make it worth it? Or is it just going to kind of get lost Coconut's going to do a couple of things for you. Um, Coconut is going to add, like, there's a little bit of fat in coconut. Even if you buy, like, dried shaved coconut, there's still, like, a certain amount of fat content to it. Fat will ultimately, like, at the levels we're using it at, it will probably impact head retention a little bit, but we can do other stuff in the malt bill and the formulation to kind of overcome that. But, like... The main thing that that's going to do is that fat is going to provide um, a lot more rounded character. So it's going to smooth out, I think, a lot of that harshness you guys were talking about earlier. And, I mean, obviously what that's going to become, depending on how much we add, either a very minute or very prominent coconut flavor. Um, Depending, we've experimented with coconut flakes here before, and it worked out awesome. Well, the first time we used coconut back in, like... Oh, Aloha Dankeschön. Yeah, like yeah. batch number five. <laughs> and, that, and we used flaked coconut for that, and that, that ended ridiculous. up working out really good. Wow. It, it was, and that was a very, a very good too, place. So the only actually, problem with that one was that we had a couple coconut floaties in yeah, the bottles. We've, we figured we have, that out. We have now. a filter now. Yeah. Yeah, we have a filter now. <laughs> so getting back to like the crowdsourcing aspect of it, so we're throwing a b- bunch of ideas. It sounds like it's maybe a lot of ingredients in here. Mm-hmm. When you go into the process with someone, how do they know, like, when does it how many test batches do you work with them i mean yeah. when in the process does that happen so it's, how it works with or go ahead andrew because you're the man who uh i was gonna say it it really depends on i mean a lot of people it depends on what the person's looking for a lot of people have a 
pre-designated recipe that they brewed before and they'll say yes this is exactly what i want you to brew and we pretty much replicate it at a commercial scale a lot of other people on the other hand are just submitting literally an idea and they don't they have maybe only the vaguest notions so we kind of walk through them at every step like we try and include them as much as possible throughout the process and we say okay if we do this action at this step this is the kind of beer it's going to end up coming out to be and so no we just kind of walk through um the person we walk through with that the submitter at every step hey what do you want to do how do you want this to turn out and we haven't had any issues with that so far yeah i mean i'd say the majority of things that come across our plate are i've tried a beer like this can you recreate something like this but with some features of this you know, so saying, I, I, I really love big, thick, viscous stouts. You know, where would these three ideas for different flavors go into it, play out? Can we do all of them? Can we do some of them? So from this aspect, I think we're, like, settled on a, a, nice, a nice stout. Sounds about right, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds good. Do you, what, ABV-wise, what do you want to hit? Do oh, you want to hit stout that you can go out and 15? <laughs> okay, okay. All right. I think the highest, the highest ABV we've made is an 8, or, I'm um, sorry, 8. Wow, yeah, that'd be we've weak. We've done 12. Yeah. 12, but 12 to 13. We can, straight we can do 15. Many. If you guys want 15, right. we can make 15 happen. No, it's 15. We can make that happen. That's oh, aggressive. That's the strongest uh, you've ever done and just you do like 12, 5, 13. <laughs> you want, uh, the, only, the only problem, I mean, you can I push that. I also want to challenge myself, though. Let's get why nuts. not? But that beer's not going to be good right away. I mean, that beer's yeah. going to be incredibly hot yeah. for a decent amount of time, and then yeah. we might as well wait until July to make yeah. a uh, hazy IPA. Fat, 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 fat. Awesome. Because they're super tasty. So maybe that's a bit aggressive. Yeah, no, I, th- I think twelve. I think twelve, 12. is yeah, well within yeah, <laughs> reasonable. Well, you yeah, know, what, yeah. you know what would be fun. So with obviously barrel aging doesn't fit in this in this timeline. No. But dependent on what you do with it, there are small barrels that come from smaller distilleries that have a lot less surface area in the barrel. Hence, you start soaking up that character of it a lot faster. And then we could also set some aside and see what it might look like next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I like but the only idea. problem with that, yeah. though, is if you build a beer to be consumed, it's going to be a lot different than if you build a beer to be consumed after a period of time worth of aging. So mm-hmm. what if we went with the? So we're back to fifteen percent. Yeah. What if what if we went with the, the barrel aged coffee beans like we talked about? Yeah. Ooh. And then yeah. you is put that some a thing? of that. Because I that, had a beer with barrel aged coffee yeah. beans. No, that's that's what, awesome. yeah, that's what the, we're the, the Hawthorne about. the Hawthorne was actually the beans themselves were barrel aged. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard so about it that. could impart aspects of the barrel aging and the coffee all at the kind of say, the mm. same time, yeah. which you know it was, uh, you know for smaller breweries like uh, Raised Grain had been and like uh, Eagle Park is, it, it's a really nice way for them to uh, impart that barrel aging without actually having to have an area in their brewery for barrel aging. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very fun. We're, you know, I mean, uh, I would totally be down to do that on like a smaller scale because I don't even think Hawthorne could supply us with like a full 30 barrels batch worth of like barrel aged coffee beans. Plus, I mean, going back to the cost earlier, but I would love to like, that's a nice thing about having doing larger batches. We can do all these weird kind of fun one-off experiments off this batch. Well, we also just fool around with it and see what happens. Quite a beeline on barrels. Like if we just needed to get barrels, yep. we could. And then, you know, yeah, how long thing. does it take to age coffee and coffee beans? I think we should ask somebody else who's done it before, because <laughs> I have no clue. That'd be kind of interesting, though, if we did one version of just the regular stout, and mm-hmm. then you know throw some of that mm-hmm. uh, that product into a couple of barrels and see how it does after you know six months to a year or something. Yeah. Even have an anniversary beer for this year, and then a barrel age version uh, for next year. That that could be kind of fun. You yeah, know, like a little the, guy. So over mm-hmm. the the coffee barrel barrel age beans, you know. 
Yep. That's interesting. I like it. <laughs> that would be cool. So, all right, let's let's talk about that then. Hey, Josh, you want to come up with a beer with us? So, have you guys met Josh? Josh is another one of our brewers. Hey, hey, how's going, Josh? Josh? Brews like what ninety percent of all the beer? Sure, why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're we're talking about maybe making a a stout for January. We're going to with the Tap Takeover podcast to celebrate their one year anniversary. We were on the show in. April? March, I think. No, no uh, it was March. Yeah, I think March. Yeah, March of last year. And um, so we're going to brew an anniversary stout. It's going to be in the ABV range of 10 plus ish. Okay. Maybe even up to the 11 ish. Something big and nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then we have talked about there's a barrel aged coffee bean out there. Hawthorne. Hawthorne makes it. That would okay. be interesting to use. Uh, coconut just came up. Um, in addition of maple syrup. And I think then, it would be either or. I think no. I'm just saying all the things. Yeah, these are the ideas. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. So those you are know, the, those are the one three. or the other for sure. Yeah, something to take that edge off. Um, the just yeah. the big beer, you know. Yeah, sort of thing like all I'd, the roast. Character. I'd like another stab at a maple beer, because you know it worked out so well last time. Yeah, yeah, you know? I know, really. But uh, yeah, that could be fun. So I guess then, what is the next? I guess you guys have ideas. Well, so are you? Are you, could, you I'll go for it. Yeah, well, Jim, Jim was our, more of our technical side, and he couldn't be here tonight, but he did send us some ideas, mm-hmm. more technical ideas for you guys. Mm-hmm. The Maris Otter uh, for your base, right? And right, then, I'm giving that um, four thumbs up if I can. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then um, for, what I believe it's called, the, it's just like a specialty malt, the C170, which is okay. a Patagonian okay. malt for extra roasty. It's a pale chocolate malt from Brees, touch of wheat. And oats, lots of fun. Was that was wow. that C one seventy or C seventy? C one seventy. C one seventy. I actually think uh, proximity makes a good equivalent to that. Well, actually, yeah, that's why this. You know, the like reason I, the reason that came up is proximity malt was one of our interviews. We'd love to have right them kind of folded into this also. Oh yeah, yeah. When, I think proximity makes a really good uh, C one sixty, which would be right. very very close and right down the street. Exactly. So that'd be yep. a really good equivalent to use local ingredients. On our last batch of um, uh, Laughing Clown, the chocolate stout, we kind of reformulated that recipe and used a bunch of their malts, right? Correct, yeah. And that's what really helped give yeah. that like, super delicious we, chocolatey characteristic out of the beer. Yeah, yeah, we, we did a really strong blend of their uh, pale, their standard, and their dark chocolate, and all three of those combined really set that beer off quite a bit, so. So this is what's really fun about people submitting ideas for beers is you could go as easy as I want this maple syrup 11% chocolate beer, come up with it Mobcraft, or if you're a home brewer yourself and you know specific malts that you love, you know, this is what we can really nerd out about it because if you know these characteristics of the malts, that's like next level stuff that, you know, we can pull those ideas into formulating the, the actual grain bill for it. The last, so idea, the last idea he had on there was oats. Lots of fucking oats. Flaked <laughs> oats yeah, yeah. or regular oats? He did not specify. Okie dokie, yeah. we can figure that out. I mean, are we talking mouthfeel, just creamy mouthfeel? I, yeah, I, either way, no matter what oat you use, it's going to build a lot of mouthfeel, a lot of roundness to the body, and really smooth that beer out. Cool. Well, I love those uh, uh, you know, suggestions for grains to use. I think we got to decide, like, we were talking residual mouthfeel and sweetness. To kind of oh, we were talking residual mouthfeel and sweetness to balance out any kind of roast character. So I think we should either go the oat realm or the maple realm. Okay. You know okay. what? What do you guys think? Or do you want to just go? You could, could do could a little of both. both. At, you know, kind of the standard rule of everything in moderation uh, turns out the best. 
So a little bit of everything tends to work out pretty good. Okay, so then on the next list of things we would use or axe off, we've got some vanilla and some coconut that we talked about. Maple as this other other sweetness in it, and then we go with a little bit of this grain bill we've started to develop, well, or should we axe those extra adjuncts? Use those extra adjuncts, what do you guys think? I, I'm always in favor of adding more. I like this guy. You, I like you. <laughs> I, I would tend to say take your pick of either maple or coconut, but everything else falls right in line with a really good beer. So, uh, you know, wherever we want to go from there. Yeah, I guess my thinking thing, was either or. I mean, the thing I mean, about maple is that maple, the way we would add it, and this comes back to just our processes, like maple syrup is essentially, we consider that a fermentable adjunct. So we would add that during fermentation and make sure that as much of that is fermented out as possible. And Unfortunately, what that means is with a lot of that fermentation will come a lot of the depletion of that flavor for that maple syrup. So, I mean, you wouldn't get a super strong maple character coming through to the end. You would probably would probably be subtle depending on how much we added. But again, that's a fine line because the more just straight sugar you add that's fermentable, the more the drier and less body the beer tends to have. So, I mean, there's a couple of factors at play. I mean, I'd be down for adding a little bit of maple syrup, but like like I said, the overall impact it's going to have on the beer is going to be super, super right. maple-y. Yeah. Like, the only way you can really get, like, super maple-y beer is by either using essence or by pasteurizing the beer after and adding st- basically syrup at bottling, which Fenugreek. a lot of home brewers... <laughs> Fenugreek? Fenugreek. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Those years uh, at uh, Brew and Grow are paying yeah, off. Yeah, when uh, <laughs> when I worked at the homebrew shop, we made uh, we made a maple beer that contained actually no maple syrup. It just used fenugreek. Basically, it tasted like straight maple sh- maple syrup, but it had like none of the body or viscosity that you would associate it with. So you tasted this beer, and it was... <laughs> this it just, really makes me want to experiment around it, with fenugreek. It totally yeah, blew your mind, because you're like, this is straight maple syrup, but... It tastes like a normal beer. What is going on here? Uh, <laughs> a part of me likes this because wow. the brewers that we talked to, all this experimentation, you know, all this, mm. like, I kind of like I that. I want to experiment around with Hennigreek now. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, it's, you know. I think you guys might be right. I think maybe it's it's either or on the coconut or the maple. And right, right. From what you were saying about the coconut and what that might add as far as the, the body of the beer, mm-hmm. that might be the way to go, especially if we're going to do like a like a coffee coconut kind of combination. Yeah. I, I think that could be a really fun beer. Awesome. I'm just tied up with this fenugreek idea because one of my favorite beers that we ever made was one the one that we used. Um, we used ginger and cardamom and do you remember it was was it the was it the Forward Fest beer that we made a long time ago? This was like way back in the House of Brews days. We had raspberries. We had I can't remember if we used ginger. fenugreek. I know you used no, cardamom. we used cardamom. But yeah. that cardamom spice. So when you're looking at flavors in a beer, you know you you don't get as many flavors at the end process from things that have sugar in them because those sugars get fermented out unless you want bottles to explode on the shelves. So spices contribute a lot more flavor. So that's yeah, right. fenugreek kind of. Yeah, of course. So if you use the fenugreek, would that overpower anything else in the beer? Well, that's why Not we would well, test I mean, it over right. and over and that's, over again. So. I mean, that's that's a flavor that a lot of people associate with maple syrup anyways, because that's going to be like the primary flavor addititive to most of your run-of-the-mill kind of off-the-shelf syrups. Aunt Jemima? 
Yeah, your TM. Yeah, your Aunt Jemima, your that kind of thing. It it incorporates that main flavor that most people associate with it, without adding that just overwhelming like thickness and viscosity to the beer. But you know, as with everything, you want to kind of keep it in moderation, otherwise it gets over the top. You start to pull across that. Uh, oh, this. This isn't quite maple type could flavor. You, could you pull viscosity and mouthfeel from other ingredients? Oh, oh gosh, yeah. those oh, oats yeah, are going to do that for days. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, like you said, the 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 oats are going to be one of the main contributing factors to that, really rounding out and building that body. Because so. realistically, the maple syrup won't give you body. I mean, we're going to ferment up most right, of the right. sugars I out mean, of that, that anyway. So now you have maple yeah, syrup alcohol. So and all you're going to taste is, you know, maple and nothing else because, I mean, maple syrup is straight simple sugars. That's all going to ferment out to complete dryness, and you're going to be left with those very, very small amount of flavor compounds that actually your brain associates with maple syrup. So, mm-hmm. But we'd add a lot of maple syrup to make that happen. Right, right. It would... It, like drums. Yeah. Which that, we can do. We've done that in the past. Yeah. Basically, that'd probably be something to, as opposed to a secondary edition, that'd be kind of a whirlpool edition. Throw that straight in there right away when we add the yeast. So I think we should either go the coconut route or experiment with the fenugreek. I would, I, think, I would love to go coconut route, and then let's just play around with some fenugreek and just see what happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, the, the thing that we do in all the crowdsourced beers is take the base beer, and then we'll rack five gallons off, and then we'll experiment with in that five gallon batch. So if, yeah. if we're gonna try some fenugreek, we'll crunch up a bunch of freaking fenugreek and throw it in there and see what it tastes like. <laughs> cool. Yeah, five yeah. gallons at a time. And yeah, you know, like that. on the lap, on the um, the blood of a con, you know, there was those four or five different trials that we did to make sure right. we had it right. So none of these ingredients are gonna go in pre-fermentation, which is the great part, because we can build that base beer. This all comes down to the addition of all the uh, specialties, specialties that yeah. we want to add into it. When you get down to those specialty ingredients, there's really no way to handle it but to do trials and see what works and kind of make the beer as you go. Well, I need a beer. Does anybody else? I'll go grab you one. Yeah, I could definitely use a beer. Yeah, let's take a break. Let's take a okay. break. Tap takeover, dudes. Mobcraft Brewer, dudes. Let's finalize this recipe. Cheers. Okay, so we're back after the break, and I think we're ready to finalize a a recipe here. We've batted around back and forth. We've lost a couple brewers, just like we're going to be cutting down some ideas here. So uh, we're we're with the man himself. We're with Henny Schwartz at Mobcraft, ready to uh, finalize this idea. So what, if we could kind of pare it down, Henry, what are you thinking here? All right, so the things that we all agreed upon were heavy and dark. Yes? Oh, yeah. All in yes. favor, say aye. 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 Great. So we're going to do a 12 ABV beer. We were lean and stout. We stick and stout. We're going to bring porter back into the game. Imperial porter or stout, whichever way you guys think is the best way to do that, I guess. One, two, three, whatever one you want. One, two, three. Stout. Porter. Stout. porter. What's Go the ahead. difference between a stout and a porter? Tap takeover podcast, dudes. Go ahead. <laughs> well, a stout is, is obviously higher alcohol content. It's aged a little longer, right? It's a bigger version of a porter than stout is, correct? There are certain characteristics that you'll get out of a stout that you won't get in a porter. Often you'll see that the body is a little bit different in a stout. You'll see a little bit more roast in a porter sometimes and a little bit more residual sugar in a stout. 
I think we're going for residual sugar. We're going through for mouthfeel. We're going through thickness. Yeah, so I think the stout would probably be the best side of things that we wanted to go. Stout wins. Right. Yeah. I'll Because that's, I'll change what, my that's vote. what we're kind of leaning. All right, we'll change our vote. Okay. Suck it, Porter. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna put a little bit in barrels. See how it does. Not a ton, mm. but we can probably go out to a couple local spots. We can, you know, go down to Twisted Path and over to Great Lakes and see if they got a barrel they want to share with us. Cool. You know, notes ahead of side over time. A beer that has great body is going to kind of slowly start to fade. Like if you ever tasted a, you know, a super barrel-aged beer, the minute it came out of the fermenter, you'd be like, whoa, syrup. We were debating on the coffee and maple syrup side of things. We definitely want to do the coffee. I think I, that was I think we definitely want to do the coffee. I think we were kicking around the idea of the, the Hawthorne barrel-aged beans in, in the hopes that we could get that barrel-aged flavor. But if we're going to barrel-age a certain portion, I think we could just go with a regular coffee. I don't think we need to go that specific mm-hmm. on the coffee bean. But we could make a very small amount of a barrel-aged coffee bean barrel-aged stout. Oh, jeez. Oh, boy. That's we, close. Yeah, we, we, We can do all sorts of layers of stuff. Okay. We'll talk about that next year. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, guys? We're we're leaning coconut or maple? I I, I think we said say maple. I thought we were leaning towards the coconut. I think we were leaning towards the coconut. Yeah, I think that was the consensus. Play with that other thing. Oh, but I heard all the mob crap brewers say they wanted to play with fenugreek. So you can play with that too. (laughs) That sounds like you get like ten different variations. (laughs) Well, I, I love the idea of maple syrup. I know from firsthand experience. The difficult parts about that you add in the maple syrup and because we want that beer to ferment out we can't pasteurize anything here so we can't put okay. sugar back into a beer pasteurize it and then have that residual sweetness be there the yeast that's still even if you pass through a filter there's going to be yeast in there that'll continue to eat sugar and we don't want sugar consumed okay. inside of a bottle because that bottle will explode so is it possible to maybe two test batches one with the fenugreek and one without yeah, and just yeah. kind of see where we're at yeah. with that uh, ingredient because i we what we would probably do is stout is brewed coffee additions are added beer is crash cooled and then we'd rack off five gallons of it we could do well no i back up i back up because if we're going to add maple syrup that has to go through in some sort of fermentation so that'd have to be added back in where it could go through and ferment, whereas the fenugreek being a spice and having no sugar in it would be added at a different spot in the time. Well, I mean, cost-wise for you, how much fenugreek costs per in se. Neither do I. <laughs> but couldn't you, couldn't you play with the fenugreek and the coconut together and see how that melded? I mean, if we could... If you could Wait, we're still doing coconut too? So we're no, I think, coconut and, I think... I think we're... Coconut, maple. We're on two branches. Yeah. yeah, I think we were... After you described it, maple sounds like that's the... The way we want to go. Well, yeah. I saw everybody's hands go up in the air when they said coconut. It was like, yeah, ah, coconut feeling coconut. I think we were just excited. <laughs> we could to we get could anything. Also, <laughs> we, we love coconuts. We could also just go one, two, three, coconut or fenugreek. One, two, three, maple. Coconut. Oh, is that three maples and two coconuts? Uh-oh. Yeah, we had some people change. All right, I think all right. So wins. we're going maple. Maple. I mean, if it, right. it was the vote was back out there. I had to go maple. So <laughs> what's going to be really fun about this though is. We'll be able to test this at a couple different spots in the process. We'll be able to take beer out of the fermenter when it's warm because we want to do all of our adjuncts that have any kind of sugar in them while the beer is warm so it continues to ferment. But we'll crash cool some of it in the cooler. We'll do a fenugreek condition. And then we'll also do a secondary fermentation 
with some maple syrup, and then we'll check those flavors. We'll see which one we like best, and then we'll move forward with either one of those. Wow. Okay. Kevin. Yeah. That sounds pretty cool. Well, that's the technical side of what awesome beer sounds like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of spitballing, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. I mean, and the malt bill that we nailed down when uh, Adam and Josh were hanging around, that seems perfect. It'll be awesome to rope in proximity malt from down the street mm-hmm. because realistically, some of the best stouts that we've made have been using some of their chocolate malts so i'm really excited for that okay plus friends so, of the podcast so it's it's awesome to get them yeah, back yeah, involved yeah, yeah definitely so okay where we're at right now we've got a beer we are brewing a stout it's gonna be 12 percent. it's gonna be brewed with coffee no matter what we're either gonna dive into brewing with maple or we're gonna use some fenugreek to give it maple type character regardless we're not gonna advertise that it is maple if we would use fenugreek it's just gonna be a characteristic that builds the complexity and the balance of the beer so, if you were a beer fan sitting out there and you wanted to submit this idea to Mobcraft's website, this is pretty much what you'd have to say. I want a stout. I want it to be 12% brewed with coffee. And then I want to get a little bit of maple character out of that. However you guys want to do it, take it from here. So, we'd go through the process of coming up with the exact grain bill that it would be. Um, all of our brewers would kind of sit down at the table. They'd talk about it. That recipe would be posted on the website. And then each month, we take eight recipes, just like this one. You guys got a little head up on everybody else because you were like, hey, we run this awesome podcast. Let's do a collaboration <laughs> beer. And I was like, yes, this is perfect. It's our, so, it's our limited celebrity status. Yeah. This, we like this thing's it. finally paying <laughs> off. Right. You think way too highly of us, Alex. <laughs> no, I just like you guys. You know, you're, you are very fun people, oh, to tell you the truth. We try. Hmm. Yep. I'm glad Jim didn't come. That's <laughs> so anyways, from there, we'd have this one recipe be one of the eight that are up for vote. And then we'd put it up to the people to decide if this recipe has merit versus another recipe. And the people who decided that the recipe with the best qualifications would be the one that we would brew each month. Obviously, we're going to go forward and, and brew this beer. So let's talk about the timeline that you would guys would like this beer to come out in. We got one more question. Yeah. Oh, yes. So Any other questions? Uh, the, hop, the hops don't go too much into a stout, but what kind they of do. hops? They okay, do. So what kind of hops would you recommend? Because we have no idea where to go. Yeah, yeah. That. So hops in stouts are very, very important because you need bitterness in a beer. If you just brewed a, be- a stout with no hops in it, it would be just not good. Well, yeah. So, so we're not going to use any sexy hops. There's no citra. There's, you know, yeah. there's... Mosaic? Something. No, no CTC, something, something no mosaic. No this is just that, yeah. straight high alpha bittering But hops. we could... <laughs> <laughs> why? Why would you? This is where I tell you to stop wasting my money. <laughs> <ages. laughs> okay. You're making it harder was, to sell. I was waiting for you to say, when is the time that you're just going to tell you people know, they're crazy? There, there are a lot of... So, I mean, when I was homebrewing, too, we would... I mean, way back in the day, we'd be like, oh, let's let's, let's uh, do our 60-minute our all citra, like everything, blah, blah, blah. It's like, at that point, you're wasting all of the potential out of that very nice, juicy hop mm-hmm. that you could get because it's going out into the atmosphere. You put in a 60-minute hop edition, and it is boiling for 60 minutes. That means all of your aromas are going to just jettison out through the smokestack, out into the atmosphere. So for our purposes, we use a hop that gives a good amount of bitterness when we're doing it at the mm-hmm. front end of the brewing process. We don't need really any aromatic hops that are going to go into this beer. There will be finishing hops, but they're you know not going to contribute pine, floral, sexy mango, all that kind and of stuff. And the hop would be the same either style? maple doesn't matter it'd be the same hop no i really don't think so the the only difference the majority of our bitterness is probably going to come out of the the, like long-term bitterness coming out of the roast of the malts Mm, so we're either going to combat that with if we try this beer so this is the fun part about experimenting if we look at the beer and we say 
man, we're trying yeah, maple a, sweetness, which is sweet. The over there, yeah. And then, oh man. Come on in. Uh, so we've got Mike Doble from the Explorium who just stopped oh, by. Huh, that's How's how it goes. Come on, take a seat. Hey, everybody. How's it going? How's it going, Mike? Hey, come take on a in. seat. Uh, we're, uh, we're doing a, we'll a, give a you little... takeover collaboration beer with Mobcraft. Um, mm, wow. I think we've settled in on a 12% ABV Imperial Stout Ooh, with like uh, some coffee. sort of coffee and, and maple. Then, then we're deciding if we're going to go maple syrup or if we're going to use fenugreek. Ooh. So we're just talking about the difference of if you're going to add a adjunct that had a sweetness to it and the recipe that you would brew. Mm. So this beer is most likely going to be brewed to be dry, knowing that it might get maple syrup. And if we would get to that point where we try the test batches of the adjunct additions and say, you know, maple syrup fermented out provides this. The beer by itself with the fenugreek provides this. If we needed to add any residual sweetness or residual body, we'd probably substitute a little bit of lactose milk sugar to give it that you know creamy mouthfeel. Because these are like two adjuncts that are going to be a little bit different. You do have residual sugars that are going to come from the maple syrup, and you do have no sugar from a fenugreek. So man, I love the idea of a coffee stout with maple syrup in it. Right. That sounds awesome. I feel like you just came in here and just like did one of these. No, I. <laughs> Where's my little take my money gift? You know? <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Nice. That's great. Yeah, I'm actually here with my brother Dave from Tampa Bay Brewing Company, and he's got his oh, head sweet. brewer. Yeah. And, and uh, we did a collab today. We did a we did a kumquat cranberry saison. Oh, and so we would, just fun. came from company. We had some dinner at company brewing, and I wanted to come down here because you have the the whale. The sour stout. Oh yeah, that black, <laughs> so black whale is. Do you guys want to change this and just make it a sour? Because I know you love them so much. I do like them. I love the twelve percent imperial stout with coffee and maple and oh, that's. We've just good, been talking man. for forty minutes. We're not gonna just change like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe next year. Although Henry was the first person to take us to Sour Jesus. Nice, nice. So everything sounds good so far. Oh, dude, I. You don't need my endorsement, but you got. All right. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's awesome. That sounds really good. So, yeah. So, so if we, if we, if we, this beer was an idea that was submitted by the Mobcraft crowd, at this point, the recipe would be formulated to be on the site. People would vote on it, and the next stop would be the brew day. So we're obviously going to be brewing this beer, trying to get it out in January. So we got to jump on the production schedule and see when we might be able to make this fit because we got to have you guys come back out to uh, brew mm-hmm. the beer with us. Yeah, yeah we, we know might you have guys to take are busy. off work a little early. You, you know, got a lot of I stuff vote on the yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a few people brewing here with us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, this being a twelve percenter, we need a little bit more fermentation time on it. Not a ton, but we usually like to give it a, a week more than our you know traditional six seven percent abv beers just because one you don't really know what's going to happen if we do have to add maple syrup that's going to push that fermentation out a little bit more because we want that to ferment out so we want to have ample time to uh project this but i'm going to scroll down on the projection schedule and we'll see what we got here what what date would be your ideal date that this beer hits the market january 11th is mm-hmm. technically our that was our very first episode our very first 111 episode. yep yep, yep. Well, my production schedule doesn't go past twelve thirty-one, so we're gonna we're gonna call that as the uh, the potential end date. Okay. 
So, so Mike, assuming that this beer gets done on time and, you know, assuming it, it turns out as good as we're all hoping, is this something that you guys might consider uh, putting on tap at the Explorium? Oh, hell yeah, man. No, okay. I, I love stuff so, like this. So the other Especially when can... it's like other, you know, Milwaukee craft brewery <laughs> league beers. The idea we were having was we've interviewed, you know, a handful of brewers. You're going to be next, by the way. We want to actually get them involved and have this hopefully as a guest tap at all the... The place that we've been. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you right now, we'd put that on tap. Awesome. Especially if there's coffee and maple. There's one one yeah. barrel sold, Henry. <laughs> well, and you can you can forget to pay the invoice too, like I did with your collaboration beer until no, today. It's all good. You're like, hey, it's did all you good, remember man. this invoice? I'm like, oh boy. I know where you live. It's yeah. all good. Sometimes the inbox monster eats things. No, I totally totally get it, dude. <laughs> totally get it. All right, so we're we're looking at a uh, probably early early December slash last weekend in November to brew this beer if we're gonna get it out by that time in November. Sweet. So we can definitely put it on there. I mean, you guys are you guys are batting some crazy beers. We're doing a your favorite style, the New England hazy IPA. Oh, nice. This one's called a Hopalypse. So yeah. when is that gonna be released? That I don't know, January ish. Well, I've always wanted to make a beer called Seasonal Creep. Okay. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I mean, the one of the fastest beers that we sold out of was our 9.8% chocolate stout in July. Yeah. Nobody else has 9.8% chocolate stouts in July. July is a great time for a chocolate stout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we've got Flanders Red, which is going to be after that. Super excited. The 2018 variation of Sour on the Vine, which is a sour brown ale aged on grapes once the harvest comes out. So nice. right now we're literally fermenting the grapes of this year's Sour on the Vine. So it'll be sandwiched in between those three beers. Yeah, so, so, so we, we have an anniversary party coming up in January. Um, nice. Congrats. Provided we make it that far, you know. I mean, you know, <laughs> never a given. I hate to oh, like, yeah. give force yeah. in the mouth. If people start, you know, paying you, then maybe. Yeah, <laughs> no, if, if some of our invoices get paid, we might, <laughs> we might be able to make it. Yeah, that 280 um, bucks is going to make or break it, right? But that would be a great beer to have on for our anniversary party. So, you know how we, I mean, we love having, you know, when we do big parties, bring everybody in. Put different beers on tap, that and would be uh, fun. yeah, that's kind of a cool one. So that's that's something I'll probably set in the cooler for a couple of weeks after your release on the 11th, and uh, put for our anniversary party. That's great. Be pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Hey, so speaking of putting beers on tap, you guys did the collaboration with 1840, and that just got put on uh, tap tonight as we're speaking. Yeah. How, so how did that go? How, how uh, was went, the big release? Went real well. I mean, that beer is awesome. Yeah. So it, it's a it's our Dock Ray Scotch Ale. Aged solely with a with an isolate of uh, Britannomyces that gives off like sour cherry and cherry pie filling flavors. So you know if you imagine our Scotch ale, it's this big sweet Scotch ale, been super dried out by the Britannomyces, and but it still has those great flavors of you know cherry and and pie. I mean we we had it at so we went over at 1840 at noon today. We had it in bottles to see what it what it's like. Actually, my brother Dave was with me, and we we tried it out of the bottle at 1840 then we went over to the Explorium and we have it in kegs so the first time ever 1840s beer is on a tap so it's kind of cool so you know they nice. you know they, they have this exclusive bottle club where they, they buy bottles and it's kind of the first time that somebody can just roll into a, a pub and you know buy a pour of that beer and it's just awesome it turned out really well very cool. so kyle kyle's an extraordinarily talented guy i had nothing to do with it we just made some work that we make all the time you know and he you know put it in the right barrel he aged it for the right amount of time with the right strain of Britannomyces, and turned out awesome really really good yeah That's so fantastic. so that was tonight and a lot more to come um actually my, my brother dave here is here and we did a, a that kumquat uh, cranberry saison 
and we're actually we actually gave 65 gallons of that collab to 1840. So they're gonna they're gonna act. So it's now a three-way collab, I guess. Ooh, um, the three-way. Yeah, we're a little three-way action That's going what on. We want. Yeah, the more the merrier. <laughs> So, uh, so he's taking that and put it in a barrel. So hopefully our, for our anniversary party, we'll have that one as well. So it's kind of nice. cool. So do you want to take a on any of the, the uh, bay? Or, uh... Yeah, we're actually going <laughs> yeah, to do that. We're actually going to ship some of the Saison that we're doing, yeah. ship it down to TBBC. So Dave's in town right now with us. Tomorrow he's going to Pipeworks to do a collab. And then what are the, some of the other places you're hitting? Uh, 18th Street and uh, Sour Note. Yeah, so 18th Street and Sour Note. As at the end of the trip, so they're going to take all these beers they're doing as collabs. We're all shipping barrels, and we're we're going to get together and fill a pallet, ship them down to Tampa, and they're going to do an event with all these Midwest collabs. Nice, yeah. So it'll be kind of cool, kind of fun. It's it's just fun. I mean, we're now we're out tonight, like hitting different breweries, you know, and you know, (laughs) trying the good stuff, drinking, you know. So of course we're at Mobcraft. Yeah, you came (laughs) to the right one tonight. What do brewers do in their downtime? They go to breweries. They go to breweries. Exactly. (laughs) So, yeah. what do you think of the Milwaukee beer scene so far? Milwaukee beer scene is badass. It really is. It's really cool to see this scene just kind of. Sorry, it's really cool to see the scene just open up and and what it is now. Um, it, re- it reminds me a lot of the uh, Tampa scene back in like '09 or so. You can just feel the vibe and see it, and it's just about to explode. And this town's always been a beer town, but you can see the craft beer people in this town just starting to explode. All right, let's get back to our let's get back to our beer. Not for you guys. <laughs> I'm gonna go drink. Good to see you, man. Are you guys sticking around for a little bit? Yeah, we'll be around for a little bit. Yeah, we'll catch right, up sweet. with you guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. Guys. That's awesome. All right, let's talk about our beer now. Yeah. Well, this is what happens when you sit in front of a window. Yeah. We got we got the seal of approval there. We got the seal of approval. So where are we? So, so keep on telling us where we're at in the process here, Henry. Yeah. So we got um, stout, twelve percent coffee, maple or fenugreek. Five-gallon test batches on each side of things. Uh, we're brewing this beer, the base beer, around the last week in November, first week in December, mm-hmm. and we're going to shoot for an early 2017 release. Love it. Right. Uh, yeah, that's how years work. Um, if you have my brain, it doesn't work well. Yeah, yeah. Years, awesome. months, days. You know, they're all work days. That's Fun, all fun I know. calendar. Right? Right? Yeah. What is the next step? So next process for us would be putting it and actually booking it in the production schedule. Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of different things. We we take when we would have to order raw ingredients. We take when we would have to start brewing. We take when the brew would probably finish. We have a couple flub days. Uh, then we take all of our laboratory testing. And then we have a go-to-market date. This one is obviously a little bit different where we're going to add the ingredient additions so we'll probably take you know, a week's long period of time in between when fermentation is done while it's sitting in a fermenter for us to run a couple trials on it. Sure. Because most adjuncts that we'll add to the beer, we need at least kind of a two-day sit time. Uh, coffee is a little bit shorter than that, but if we're going to sit something on fenugreek or if we're going to let something re-ferment with maple syrup, you know, the fenugreek might take a day or two, or re-fermentation might take three, four days or so. So we want to make sure we have enough time to make all those additions happen. Uh, then we'll be able to, about the time we brew, start talking about a label. Um, when we do this on the crowdsource aspect, when we set the brew day, whoever wins the crowdsource round, we fly them out to come brew with us. So in the past, we've done beers with people from like Washington, D.C. Um, one that you guys had heard about was the Girls Pint Out Beer. Mm-hmm. So there's this organization of women who enjoy beer around the U.S. They have chapters in every single state. We did a little crowdsource voting round amongst all of those people. 
Um, and then a woman from Washington, D.C. actually came out to brew a beer with us. And we did the Girl Grey IPA, which was a uh, Earl Grey IPA. Very, very fun beer. Um, so that, that process of like, hey, come brew with us. Let's just hang out for a couple days because, oh, you like beer too? Huh, go figure. Let's have some fun. So we yeah, brewed the beer together. And I'll say that that was a fantastic episode for us. Uh, we sat down with Maggie, the Milwaukee chapter president of Girls Pine Out. Also Kelly. It, it was a really fantastic time just sitting down with them. They talked very highly of you guys and, and the, the whole process of the voting and the coming up with the idea. It sounds like Maggie even came up with uh, some of the ideas for the name and the uh, the, the logo. Yeah, she did and, the, the whole can oh, design. Man, I had no clue Maggie even great. did graphic design. I just thought she she was awesome and like beer. I don't think Maggie knew she did graphic design until <laughs> she did graphic design. Yeah, it turned out really fantastic. And also, it turned out to be a really fantastic beer. That was mm-hmm. a that was a big seller for you guys. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. I mean, we made a, a 30 barrel batch of it, just like the one that we would do for this. And, you know, you got enough people who think it's sweet, and there it goes. Wow. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah so yeah. The, the next steps on our end will be verify with brewers specific brew date that we can make this beer. Reach out to all y'all and say, hey, these are the dates we could brew this beer. When works for you guys to come in and brew it with us. We'll get it on the production schedule. We'll get all the raw ingredients ordered. And then you guys will come in and brew. We'll have a blast doing that. Oh, yeah. There might be some future sound bites that come in. like. <laughs> and this episode interrupted by when we were brewing at Mobcraft. And then some weird things that we were doing oh, yeah. here. I mean, we can get the grill out if you guys want. You know, we can roast some rats. Or all these steak. things are yes. Or, you know, all, yes. All, all the fun yeses. stuff. It's all yeses. I'm going to so, keep voting yes. All right. <laughs> My hand has been up all day. I um, want you and to then put, put on that fire. list, just put brats at the end. Just brats. Put not that, in not, the not beer, in the beer yeah. but cooked in the wort. <laughs> we can do that. Yeah, um, yeah you take Kill boiling wort. Down. It's so much easier to boil brats in boiling wort than taking cold beer and heating that up. So, um, And then from there, we'll go through and, and brew the beer. We'll go through fermentation. You can test it as it's going down. And then once we get to that ingredient addition side of things, because we'll be doing a couple different variants and trials of it, we'll probably take the maple syrup edition off first, ferment the maple syrup out so it's fully fermented, and then we'll take the fenugreek, look at those side by side, we'll taste them together, see what you guys think would be your favorite, and then we'll move forward with converting the rest of the batch to that afterwards. And then we'll have to talk about the release date and where people line up and, you know, how mm. far down yeah, the yeah. block Wales, people bro. will be able to get all the so, variations. Uh, I'm assuming the, a, a lottery thing. system will yeah. be in, put in place. A <laughs> paper ticket, probably. So yeah. at, here at Mobcraft, we are short-staffed <laughs> and underfunded. So we like to do things like, okay, just, we'll, just buy it now. Just show up. Jim's not here, and he's in IT. We'll make him do it. Oh, nice. <laughs> right, right. No, but one thing we got to talk about is, I mean, at some point, is going to be name. What's going to be the name of the beer? What's the label going to look like? That's if you right. have any graphic design friends that want to design a label, we'll have to come up with that. And then the best-selling part about a beer is the name. Because realistically, in, this di- in today's day and age in the beer market, Ooh. it's about 50% good beer and about 30% good marketing. And about twenty percent, this beer made it to you. Well, we need a, we need a name at some point. So no, okay, we can now or later. We'll brainstorm later. I think we for now name. it's going to be a TBD. Uh, ah, determined. TBD, TBD. Uh, yeah, I think for now uh, we're going to leave it at that. We've got a beer style picked out. We've got a uh, uh, production production schedule, schedule worked out, and uh, we're we got at least back. one barrel spoken for. 
Yep, at least one barrel. Yep. So, yeah, we're going to leave it here for now. We're going to be back at the brewery, so expect another interview, another uh, another podcast, another uh, episode, where we're going to come back and, and actually talk about the beer that we've suddenly brewed <laughs> and are now testing and, and figuring out which variation we're going to go with. So uh, this is very exciting. You should be excited, too, because <laughs> this is going to be on the market excited. very soon. Yeah, thank you again, Henry, for, uh, for joining us on the Tap Takeover podcast. You're welcome. Thank you guys for coming into my brewery and enjoying some lovely beers and helping us come up with the next fun thing we're going to make. I love it. <laughs> this is always fun for us. So uh, for me, for Alex. For Andy. Jesus. Yeah, and uh, for Kevin, who uh, did all of our video work today. Thank you, Kevin. Yes. All right, well, let's not forget Vince. And too. Vince, who's uh, going to have to edit all this stuff. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on the Tap Takeover Podcast, a solid non-fail production. Oh.